Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, the president of California State University Long Beach, Dr. F. King Alexander. This show will be webcast throughout the world the week of May 25th as part of CSULB's commencement ceremonies. Opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. So raise the banner, call the glory, let us join our fellow man. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host... Art Levine. Good evening. Welcome to Straight Talk. We're delighted to have for the entire show tonight, President of California State University Long Beach, Dr. F. King Alexander. Mr. President, welcome back to Straight Talk. It's great to be back, Art. It's a tough year for higher education and for Long Beach State. Give us the impact of the cuts that we've suffered and are facing on our campus and the system. Well, the severity of this is is probably about the worst outlook we've had since since the, the beginning of the institution. Because at no point are we debating over an 18 percent reduction all the way up to a 36 percent reduction. Um, that's about a 500 million dollar system reduction versus a billion dollar system reduction. So. That, that, these are the significant numbers that impact us very significantly and certainly don't do a whole lot to help access and affordability in the state of California. And this is on top of prior cuts in years past, increased of student fees, and uh, are we putting at risk uh, higher education, high-quality, low-cost higher education, which has been responsible, as we've discussed in past meetings, uh, for the economic miracle of California, the availability of high-quality, low-cost higher education. And California had an international reputation for investing in the right things, which is human capital, innovation through education. And that is indeed what's at stake here. Um, when you talk about the severity of these cuts, you're also talking about the impacts it's not only, not only going to have on the thousands and tens of thousands of students trying to get in, but on the ones who are already here, as well as the economy around us. The CSU produces 45% of the state's engineers, 54% uh, of the business graduates, baccalaureate degree business graduates, 62% of the agricultural scientists and ag, ag folks that, are, that feed this nation and feed parts of the world. 
So it has very significant impacts, not just for the direct impact on our students, but also on the, the indirect impact on all Californians. So it's a false economy. We're cutting off our nose to save our face. It's not working. Well, it's a lim it, the fact that we've gone from being about 42% funded from the state of California now down to 20% in three 20%. years. 20%. 20%. One out of every $5 we use for educational purposes comes from California now. And so, and the, and the rest, just for the record, is uh, it's tuition. Increasingly, and the students, increasingly fees, uh, some fundraising, some federal funds that help all offset some of this, and auxiliary funds. And, and you, to your credit, I mean, Long Beach State is the leader among the CSU system in raising private dollars. We well, we're one of the leaders. Um, we we finished second in the CSU last year. We we're raising about thirty million a year, and that's up from about twenty million. So. We are increasingly, we're in a, we've begun a capital campaign, we've raised about $100 million, but that's not going to help offset the type of reductions that we're looking at. These are reductions of a severe magnitude that will, that will impact, well, we've already estimated, that's like pulling the funding away from 13,000 of our students entirely. And you had, we had 70,000 applicants for 6,000 places last year. Everyone right. wants to come to the beach, is hot under the president's leadership and Dr. Maxson before him. This has become the campus of choice for the, for the young people of California. Well, we had 71,500 applications for about 6,500 spots. So we've never been more attractive as a campus. We've never been more attractive as an education and a degree. However, turning away tens of thousands of these students, and many of those students are actually qualified, turning or having to turn them away, I'm not sure where they're going to go. And to students, after they get their degree, are taxpayers and create the economic vibrancy of our state. In fact, for every dollar that's spent on our institution and the CSU system, we return, it returns $5.54 to every citizen in the state of California. Okay, let me ask you the $64 question. Who is responsible for this? Well, this, is, this has been coming for a long time, and as we've talked about, The Economist pointed out about them uh, recently in a, in a special report that California has now created the world's most dysfunctional democracy. We put ourselves in a bind. A two-thirds vote is one issue. The uh, Prop 13 is a whole nother when it all started. And over the years, the referendums that we've had over and over and over again on the size of chicken coops. Um, this really, and J James Madison warned us that, that democracies can't function like this and they can collapse like this. Well, we've got a dysfunctional state system. And we, if we're going to invest in the things that mean the most to the California economy, we need to reestablish our priorities and figure out what, what we're trying to get to at the end result. So we've in part tied the hands of our legislators with all these initiatives and referendums that they don't have control over most of the budget. It's preordained by all of these. Some of it is. And, and many of our legislators also pass the buck by saying, look, we don't want to make these hard decisions. We'll just let the voters decide. And so we wake up one day and we're spending 12% of our entire budget on prisons. And we're now spending 7% on higher education and the investment in our students. I don't think there's a citizen in the state that would like to see that happen. What is wrong with this picture? Well, we need to write our legislators and tell them of the importance of proper funding or adequate funding for higher education. There are real human beings making real votes now. Well, it, it, we need to do more than that. We need to, all of them say they support education. They do believe in what we're doing in affordable ways, efficient ways. However, it's when they vote. It's how they vote. Yeah. Follow the votes. That'll tell you who really supports our children and the generation on the way. And, and, and who actually is just giving it lip service. So what you can do is write to your legislator and tell him or her 
of your view of the importance of higher education, and you will be watching their vote uh, on critical votes upcoming. Exactly. And the, the real danger in all this is that we're in danger of, of this generation as it gets older and moves into retirement age. It's in danger of leaving the next generation with a lower standard of living, lower educational opportunities, lower health care opportunities. That's the first time in the history of America that we are faced with a dilemma where the generations on the way are going to get less and have less opportunities. Not to mention we're leaving every man, woman, and child with a debt of about $100,000. We're passing that on, too, at the federal level. Well, and, and but even more importantly, we're not giving them the proper tools or the necessary economic standing to, to, to get out of it. Yeah. Okay, stay with us. We'll be back with more of the Prez after these messages. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on, we're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life, powered by Edison. I want to improve my career opportunities. I want to earn a higher salary at my job. I'd like to finish what I started. The new Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts degree completion program at Cal State Long Beach will help you achieve your educational goals while keeping your life in balance. Contact our customer service center at 1-800-963-2250 for more information or visit us on the web. Let CSULB help you finish what you started. Getting kids to care about economics is easier than you think. You just need to find a connection. Like how the Port of Long Beach supports one in eight jobs in our city alone. And how the Port's commitment to going green is creating even more new jobs. So the Port of Long Beach? Cool. My no texting in class policy? Not so cool. The Port of Long Beach. Investing in jobs. Investing in you. As your business searches for smart ways to save, don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle. We're back continuing our conversation with the president of California State University, Long Beach, Dr. F. King Alexander. Mr. President, you just made a comment between commercials about this generation and the next generation. Well, well, I find it fascinating and interesting, and it should be actually appalling to many people, that the United States, along with Germany, among all the 30 OECD countries, we actually have a better educated older generation than we have younger generation. So, wow. so they have completed degrees more, they've had more opportunity, they had more or less costly opportunity, uh, much more affordable for them. And now we are only one of two nations that where our 25 to 34 year olds are, are less educated than our 55 to 64 year olds. And the American philosophy has always been opportunity in the future and optimism. And now we seem to be going backwards educationally, as you point out. 
and also the debt that we're burdening our next generation well, with. Well, the, the debt, and, and then just go into, if you haven't been in a local school, go into the local school. Um, these class, the largest class sizes in America are in California. The highest student to guidance counselor ratios, three times the national average, are in California. Schools that are built for 2,500 house 5,000 in many of the high schools, or even our local high schools. And nobody seems to get upset about this. And former Governor Pat Brown created this master plan for, the, for, for higher education, which worked so well for so many years with the UC system, with the CSU system, our system, and the community colleges, worked like a charm. Well, it, but it was premised on the fact that this is a partnership between we would do our jobs as we're doing them, and we're going to graduate 9,100 students. Uh, and the, once again, our, one of our largest, however, the citizens continue to back out of the responsibilities, and our legislature continues to remove itself from the other, other half of that master plan. Well, there's a saying which I'd like to quote here. If you think education is expensive, try ignorance. And we pay a big price for shorting education at all levels. It's, uh, education is an upfront investment, and it's a limited upfront investment. That if you make now the state and the citizens, not only the individual, but the other citizens in the neighborhood, everybody around you will benefit by having a higher educated working class, labor class, whether they're engineers, school teachers, or nurses. We know we need all these people. And the only places that are going to be able to produce them are our higher education institutions. And you referenced earlier the front page article in The Economist on California as a dysfunctional democracy. Uh, we need to reform our political system if we are to get these budgetary priorities right. Well, it is. And, and now we're spending about $55,000 per prisoner. And uh, the investment on each and every one of my students is about five at Cal State Long Beach. We need redistricting reform, which we have, and we'll see the results shortly. Open primary is a good thing, but we also need a reform of the initiative and referendum process, and I think we need to lengthen term limits. We need people to be around when the chickens come home to roost for their lousy votes. And the economist pointed out that uh, there's so many special interests in California pushing and pulling the, the state and the decisions going in each other. I, I, I would hope our special interest groups could come together to see the macro picture even better and understand what we're really trying to achieve here is a stronger California and built, but built through an infrastructure that starts first and foremost with education. The initiative process of the people has really been co-opted by special interests who parade under good government uh, front names, but really yeah. have an economic interest of their own. And the, the interesting thing about these various groups is that I, you can virtually guarantee that special interest A has no interest in what happens to special interest B through Z. Um, they look to themselves, they help themselves, but indirectly they may be hurting so many other opportunities in the state that we, we hold dear, that we have built our economy on. So maybe we can all step back and look at, the, as the President suggests, the larger picture and a little bit less of what's in it for me and a little bit more of what's good for our community. We'll be back with the next portion of our show after these messages. Phil Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. 
You never know who you're going to run into at trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own in my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Belfar, Long Beach. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh, no! All right, you little trail sniffer. Been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, Dog. I'm totally naked right now. We're back talking with the president of California State University, Long Beach. Just for the record, this show is being webcast throughout the world during graduation week as part of the commencement ceremonies. And I know, uh, King, that, that graduation is one of your favorite times. Well, it's one of my favorite times, and it's our, it really is when people say, what's your strategic plan as a campus? It's to graduate our students and to do it in ways that we've, we've been creative, innovative, despite the, the, the budgetary circumstances. And we've been recognized nationally as one of the best five institutions in improving our graduation rates of every student group, every ethnicity, every race, every socioeconomic class. And we've never graduated more, and we've never graduated larger classes. And so this is, they're getting good degrees, and we know they're going on and doing amazing things. And we're recognized as one of the best public value, public, uh, best value public institutions. Uh, Once again, country. recognized as the top 100, within the top 100, I think we're 79th by the latest ranking in Kiplinger's in terms of the best public value. But more importantly, we're ranked number one by Kiplinger in that same ranking in, in least amount of student loan debt when, upon graduation. And you were very active in getting uh, laws changed that uh, reduced, uh, that eliminated the, the banking system, the middleman, from the cost of making student loans. Exactly. Direct lending legislation that went through two years ago. We were one of the institutions, and we took the system with us who joined us in moving towards direct lending. And, and it, you led worked. the charge in that, and that really saves billions of dollars from going into the banking system, it, into the pockets it, it of students. It was an intense lobbying effort to keep us from changing it over, but it has saved $10 billion a year that has gone into the student, student aid programs to help our students directly. Well, here in California, we're faced with the budget crisis we were talking about earlier. It's a $24 billion crisis, although now maybe a little bit less because of good economic results. But one of the issues on the table is extension of the current tax level. Speak to that, if you would. Well, the, the governor's proposal in the May revise has, has built in, for us to salvage ourselves, we need to do a number of things. Massive reductions that we're having, we talked about earlier, but also the extension of three taxes. And getting those taxes extended is, is the difference between an 18% budget reduction or a $34 million budget, and almost a $70 million reduction for wow. us. 
um, system-wide, that's your difference between a $500 million and a $1 billion. But more importantly, it's the difference between serving 60 to 70,000 more students and not serving those students. So the governor is asking the legislature to approve, and maybe ultimately it will be the people that will vote, to ex not to raise taxes, but to extend existing taxes, and you said there were three? If there are three, and if they, if they choose not to, I mean, the, the consequences are going to be very severe. Closure of, of, of hundreds of state parks, uh, releasing of prisoners, the, the fact that we'll, we'll increase our fees by a possible 42 percent uh, in the coming semester after the budget gets passed. So there are going to be serious, serious consequences to all this. And that may be on the September or November ballot? We think, it, we, we believe that we will have an opportunity to, to extend those taxes come November. Closer to home and here on our own campus, there has been some good news with regard to the new facilities. We've been very fortunate because uh, prior to the sort of the economic collapse, we were able to secure funding for a new school of, of nursing facility of which we're graduating nearly 500 nurses now. A brand new Hall of Science, one of the most sophisticated science facilities in the West Coast. It opens this summer, it's a $110 million facility, and a brand new Student Recreational Wellness Center that the students voted to pay, pay and themselves. And I know you were passionate about that and uh, really were very much part of the design and all, but that wellness center is is now being uh, used by thousands of students. It's uh, already changed campus dynamics. We've had 4,000 students a day in it. At, at midnight when we close, we're having to usher out 500 students who are still in there exercising. And the importance of that is that this is not just a benefit for our students, but it's an economic issue. If we're not graduating healthy students that are going into the economy, we're going to be dealing with it economically later, later in life. So the healthier our students get, and the fact that I believe a university education also accompanies the fact that you understand what you need to do to stay healthy throughout your lifetime, this is a win-win. It's a win-win for the, for the society and a, particularly a win-win for our students who are here more often. And it's also another step away from the commuter campus, another reason for students to stay here and hang out here. Exactly. In fact, that's why we, I have good problems. The students want later hours. They want to be there more often. And the only complaint I think I've heard is from a few of the local bar owners who are, <laughs> who aren't getting the, the students in there late at night because they're working out. Another other sources as well. <laughs> but speak for a moment about the relationship between the city and uh, and the university. I know you're close with our mayor Bob Forster, and I know you both believe of the importance of this partnership. Well, the, the, we couldn't have a better mayor in understanding, first of all, sustainability and his environmental impact nationally, but also education. He's a, he's a San Jose State graduate, a CSU, former CSU trustee. He understands that this is a university city and the significance of Long Beach's future is highly contingent upon the education of its children, its students, and its citizens. So we're at the heart and soul of building the future economy of Long Beach so that we will remain an international competitor and national player in this scene. And many believe, and certainly I do and I know you do, that you can't have a great city without a great university and vice versa. I believe that, well, the great cities of the world uh, have great universities in them. And many of the, and Money Magazine annually ranks some of the best places to live in America. And generally about eight or nine of the top ten are university cities. And cities with great universities, vibrant universities, whether it's the cultural aspects that it brings to the city, or it's the athletic teams, or it's just the access and keeping talented investments in your community. Historically, people did not think of Long Beach as a university town, but I think increasingly it is being viewed as that. Well, with the help, and we've got Long Beach City College with 30,000. We have 65,000 higher education students in our community. Yeah. Just the direct monetary and economic impact of those students is felt everywhere in Long Beach. And that seamless guarantee is still in existence despite these cuts, as I understand it. If you do well, you go from the 
uh, K-12, to the community, right. to here, and you're guaranteed to see. We've protected our local students and given them a guarantee and worked with their parents from fifth grade all the way up so they understand to stay on their students to make sure they're taking the right courses to make sure that they're eligible. And if they're eligible, we're holding a spot for them. And of course, the President's Scholars Program is, is a crown jewel in the in, in our campus. In fact, we just had a, a celebration for President Scholars in the Japanese Garden and uh, it went very well and we graduated about 80 of the most talented students in California, all valedictorians and National Merit Scholars. Well, I think it's year six of your tenure, more or less, and uh, tell us uh, on a personal basis, uh, look back on your experience and is it what you expected? Well, it, it, well it, what, what is not, what I didn't expect is how small Long Beach is and how well it functions. And uh, Long Beach offers all the big opportunities of a major city, national and statewide city, but it functions very well and it has great, great feeling for its university and for its educational system, which has been ranked as one of the best in the country each and every year. So Long Beach is fantastic. It's a fantastic city, fantastic community. And our students and our faculty and staff have put in a lot of efforts in the last six years to make sure that our students, we didn't, that make sure that we don't end up like we did in the early 90s when students didn't graduate. Yeah. But now they're graduating in numbers and percentages that the highest we've ever seen. And I know your children go to the Long Beach schools and they love it here. They do. They're at Wilson High and at Rogers. And they've got friends everywhere. And uh, their schedule's getting as busy as mine. <laughs> Okay, we'll be back with the remaining portion of our show after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks and oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember, Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the week? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. I've been a professor here for over 35 years and I really believe in the importance of higher education. I hope you share that and as the president suggested, we'll let your legislator know uh, your view on the importance of funding. And Mr. President, we will get out of this somehow 
And, uh, but final words to our audience. Uh, we need to get out of it together and uh, in a way that is, an that, that is in a way that is intergenerational. Um, the success of our retirees are going to be highly contingent upon the success of our current students and future students. And we're all in this together and California needs to make sure they're making the right investments on the generations that are on the way. And I know Social Security is dependent, it's down to about three working people for each retiree. Yeah. These people better be working and they need a, uh, an education to be working right. to pay our retirement benefits. That's exactly right. And, and if they don't succeed, then there will be long-term long ramifications on every generation. We're all in it together. Exactly. Thank you, Mr. President, for being our guest. Thank you for watching. Please join us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com. Juneteenth Worldwide Concert featuring mezzo-soprano Denise Graves. Known worldwide for her title role in Carmen, Graves brings her operatic sounds to Long Beach. Sunday, June 19th at the Terrace Theater, Long Beach Performing Arts Center. Tickets available at the theater box office, 562-436-3661 or Ticketmaster.com.